Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 73 of the old radio comedy podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. And today is a special hump day happy hour edition which means two back-to-back broadcasts for you. And today we bring you two episodes of Amos and Andy, that extremely popular radio show that ran from 1928 all the way to 1960 and featured Freeman Gosden as Amos Jones and Charles Correll as Andrew Hogg Brown and various other characters. If you'd like a bit more background on the show, tune into episode 36 of this podcast where we delve a little deeper. Now sit back and relax for the October 31st, 1948 and May 10th, 1953 broadcasts of Amos and Andy. Amos, this seems like Sunday. Well, it is Sunday. Uh, you see, Andy, we is on the radio now every Sunday on CBS for Rinso. That's right. Rinso, the new Rinso with Solium, brings you the Amos and Andy Show. <laughs> Yes, sir, Rinso, the soap that contains solium, the sunlight ingredient, brings you a full half hour of entertainment with Lou Lubin, Eddie Green, Ernestine Wade, Jeff Alexander's orchestra and chorus, and radio's all-time favorites, Amos and Andy. Ladies and gentlemen, Lieber Brothers Company, the makers of Rinso, invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy Amos and Andy. Well, there's been some activity in the household of Kingfish and Sapphire Stevens. Sapphire's brother, Leroy, has come to New York and for the past two weeks has been living in their apartment. At the moment, Sapphire is in the kitchen as the Kingfish walks in. George, have you seen Leroy? He ain't come home yet. Oh, uh, he ain't, huh? No, I ain't seen him all day. What if anything could have happened to him? Well, I don't know. Uh, does you want me to call the morgue, see if they got any good news for us? <laughs> You're talking about my brother, George. Oh, now, George, just skip it, honey, skip it. What you doing here in the kitchen this time of day? Oh, just sorting out the laundry. And by the way, I just want to tell you that I ain't having no more starch put in your shirt collar. Why not? Well, Leroy says it scratches his neck. <laughs> now, wait a minute here. That's the last straw. That goofy brother of yours has got to get out of here. Don't you talk that way about my brother. At least he went out today and got himself a job. He's working as a janitor. Working as a janitor? Yes. Yeah, well, that's going, going to disgrace me with the neighbors. What you mean, disgrace you? Well, they're going to say if one of them bums can get a job, why can't the other one? Huh? <laughs> Well, George, why don't you go out and get a job? I'm sick of you loafing around here. Yeah, well, I can't right now. I've got reporting business. What business is that? Well, I've got to listen to the radio and see if I can guess the name of a song. There's got a program on the radio called The Secret Melody Program that goes on every day. Now, whoever guesses the name of that song they've been playing on the radio wins the $2,000 cash prize. Well, a fat chance a dumbbell like you has of ever winning anything like that. Now, wait a minute, Joe. 
Don't you call me no dumbbell. Back home, I was well thought of. Everybody said I had brains down in Georgia. Well, if you ask me, it's high time you sent for. Now, wait a minute. So that's the story, Henry. I've been knocking the brains out trying to guess that secret melody. But I ain't getting no players with the thing. Well, you must remember, Kingfish, you was an amateur. You know, most of them quiz contests is won by professional quizlings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if I could win the thing, I'd get $2,000 out of it. $2,000? My. A hunk of cabbage like that would certainly stave off the grim spectrum of gainful employment. <laughs> yeah, you know, Henry, there must be somebody who knows the name of that song that I could get it from. Well, I don't think so, Kingfish. I imagine the only ones that don't know it is the musicians that plays in the orchestra on the program. Yeah, I guess you're right. Say, Kingfish, uh, wait a minute here. It just occurs to me that one of their musicians happens to live at Mrs. Simpson's boarding house. A fellow by the name of Charlie Jackson. Hey, wait a minute, Joe, Henry. You done said something there. Maybe I could get the name of the song from this fellow Jackson. Yes, but how would you go about it? Well, I'll figure out something. I'll get Andy to help me. We'll go over and see this fellow Jackson and work some scheme. Oh, you know something, Henry? If I get that $2,000, the first thing I'm going to do is to kick that no-good brother-in-law of mine out of my apartment. Oh, that's right. You have got your brother-in-law, Leroy Smith, staying with you, ain't you? Well, you're lucky it ain't your mother-in-law. They is even worse. Uh, yeah, I guess he is, already. Oh, yes. With me, it started the very day that I married my wife, Clara. Mm-hmm. We were stuck with Clara's mother for seven years. I tell you, it was terrible living all that time in the same house as my mother-in-law. And many the time I was tempted to throw her out. Yeah, well, why didn't you do it? I couldn't. It was her house. Oh! <laughs> well, uh, Andy, now, this is Charlotte Jackson's room right here. Now, remember to get the name of the secret melody out of him. We've got to make him make believe that we as talent scouts from the opera. Yeah, I got you, Gabriel. All right, I'm not going to do it. And you're going to cut me in on the prize money. Yeah, and don't forget now, back me up with all these stars we done discovered and all that stuff. Uh, how you do, sir? Uh, by any chance, could this be the renowned musician, Mr. Charlie Jackson? Well, Charlie Jackson's my name. Uh, Mr. Jackson, we is from the Metropolitan. Yeah, we're the biggest life insurance company in the business. <laughs> no, no, no. We're from the Metropolitan Opera Company, Mr. Jackson. Uh, you have excuse Miss Brown. You're even sitting a little too near the bass drum, you know. <laughs> You say you is from the opera? Uh, yeah, sir, that's right. Uh, I is the head impresario, and uh, this year is my chief scout, uh, coach here, uh, Mr. Pizzicato Brown. That's right. <laughs> Glad to know you. You're welcome. Uh, now, Mr. Johnson, uh, we have done heard you play on the radio, and we come to offer you a job at the Metropolitan Opera Company. Me? A job like that? Mm-hmm. That must pay big money. Oh, it does. You get the $100 of performance, plus everything you throw up on the stage there. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Just a minute. You ain't really talent scouts, is you? Uh, we ain't talent scouts. You say that about men that has uh, discovered and developed the greatest tenor of all time, John Charles Tibbetts? <laughs> well, gentlemen, all this has been happening so fast. Well, now, we, we, uh, that's just the way we work fast. Uh, we is fast. Well, you take the case of Tibbetts. We was passing his house one day. He had him singing in the shower bath. We rushed in, signed him up right then and there. We rushed him right down to the Metropolitan. Yeah. And he sung his first role while he was still soaking wet. <laughs> oh, I tell you, Mr. Jackson, Metropolitan is after new blood, you see. It is, eh? Yeah. And it might as well be yours, too. 
Well, this is all very flattering, but you do you know what instrument that I play? Well, who cares? With all them Italians screaming and shouting on the stage, you're going to hear the music anyway. <laughs> well, all the same, I didn't know that they used my instrument in the opera. I play a hot banjo. Well, listen, nobody cares where you got the banjo so long as you can play it. <laughs> Jackson, before we sign up here, uh, we require what they call in the opera and the big league there, sort of a short audition. I got my banjo right here. Yeah, pick it up there. Now, let me see. What will I play? Yeah, well, now, it don't matter. Just pick out any tune at ransom. Hey, uh, <laughs> how about that song you play on the radio program every day? Uh, I think they call it the secret melody or something like that. Okay, the secret melody. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Well, get started. Started? I already finished. Uh, what's he talking about? There's all there is to the banjo part. You see, we got a 12-piece orchestra, and every musician just gets the music for his own part. Now, the banjo part is... Mm, play that again, will you? That's mm, very good, Mr. Jackson. Uh... A lot of feeling in there, especially the crescendo into the other regatta there. You know? Thanks. Yeah, well, now, that qualifies you for the Metropolitan already, except for one thing. Now, to prove that you got a good ear, what is the title of the thing you just played, that secret melody? Oh, the title of, uh... Oh, so that's what you fellas was after. I know there was something fishy about this. Listen, you big bum. Get out of here. Beat it. All right, we get out Oh, hello there, Leroy. I see you home already. Hiya, brother-in-law. Uh, well, Goof, uh, I hear that you got a job as a janitor. Yeah, I got a job at the radio station down here on Lenox Avenue. Uh, you mean the radio station where they're running that uh, secret melody contest? That's right. And you know something, Kingfish? I know the name of the song. You does? Yeah. But it don't do me no good, because the employees at the radio station ain't allowed to enter the contest. Well, dear darling brother-in-law, I love you. I love you. Uh, look here, how about you giving me the answer? Well, I wouldn't be honest. But since you is my dear brother-in-law, I'll let you have it for a hundred bucks. Uh, well, a hundred bucks, huh? You want to, uh... Now, look, Leroy, look here. Serious, now, I ain't got the money right now. But I tell you what, give me till tomorrow, and I'll have the hundred dollars for you. Okay, Kingfish, then I'll give you the name of the secret melody. Oh, that's great. Boy, when I get that $2,000 prize money, I'm going to... Rise way up in the sky Like a great big star and shine Rise and shine you got to rise and shine Stand up and take it Rise and shine Life's what you make it. Ooh. If gloom that's going so should get you as he soon does. Shout hide, hide, ho, and do just as the moon does. Let rise and shine. Don't be a glamour. Things are fine. Around the corner. No harm in trying it. There's nothing to it. You can do it like the sun. Rise and shine. Come on, little children. Don't you really? Come on, little children. Now just you see your lamp when they burn and bright. Oh, you know it is the year for the Jubilee. Oh, rise, shine. shine. Give God the glory, glory. Rise, shine. shine. Give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine. And 
you've got the glory, glory. For the year of the Jubilee. So-and-so should get you as he soon does. Shout hide, hold ho, and do just as the moon does. Let's rise and shine. Don't be a mourner. Things are fine. Around the corner. No harm in trying it. There's nothing to it. You can do it like the sun. You know you gotta rise and Say, if you women were asked to vote next Tuesday for the wash day soap you like best, I've got a hunch Rinso would win hands down. Rinso is sweeping along in a tremendous wave of popularity. And today, more women use Rinso than any other wash day soap in the world. New Rinso with Solium actually does this. It gets white clothes not just whiter, but whiter than brand new. And washable colors not just brighter but brighter than new. Now, that's pretty wonderful. And it's possible because the Rinso you get today contains a new scientific ingredient, the amazing sunlight ingredient, solium. Now, remember this. Only new Rinso contains solium. So if you want to see an astonishing new brilliance appear in all your tablecloths, house dresses, shirts, and children's clothes, well, vote the straight Rinso ticket. New Rinso with Solium. Tomorrow, put an X on your shopping list. Opposite Soapy Rich New Rinso. Well, hello there, Shorty. How you feeling today? Hi, King Fish. My blood pressure is up to a... I got shooting pains in my back. I got terrible aches in my... You can't... But I... I, I... Oh, I can't complain. Yeah, well, now, uh, say, Shorty, look here. I need $100 to buy the name of a secret melody. Now, could you lend it to me? Listen, Ken, please. Every time I see you, you get me. And it always costs me money. Well, now, wait a minute, Shorty. You know borrowing money breaks up friendships. We've been pals for years. If I could lend you $100, then you'd owe it to me, and you'd start avoiding me. You'd never speak to me. You'd stop coming in my barbershop. Why, you'd even cross the street when you saw me. Why, you... You know, Kingfish, it's almost worth $100. So you ain't going to give it to me, huh, Shorty? I'm sorry, Kingfish. Money's too scarce these days. Why, I, I hear that even the presidential candidates are stealing the pen. Oh, uh, what you mean? Well, they have, they have, they have, they have spent all their money come campaigning. You know, it costs them plenty to, to go around traveling around the country making speeches like yeah, that. Yeah, somebody ought to take up a collection for them fellas. A collection, uh, collo- co- uh, hey, wait a minute. That'd give me an idea here how to raise a hundred. If I could convince Andy that I had been appointed special collector for the presidential candidate, maybe he'd come across with some money. Yeah, yeah it's certainly worth a trial. Yeah, I'll go over to the office now, and I'll catch Andy and... and uh, or oh, this political angle might be just the thing with everybody talking about voting and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all my family's been discussing for weeks. Yeah, and on bright and early election morning, we'll all be down to polls to vote. That's all except my father. 
Well, why ain't he voting, Shorty? Well, he he said the issues in this campaign is, is that uh, he he said the way the party system works, he you can uh, uh, he he said the international situation is, is you can he can't make an X. <laughs> Brother Andrew? Yeah, hello there, Kingsley. How are you? How are you? Uh, Brother Andrew, I'm glad you dropped in. Uh, I just about called you on the phone. Oh, something new happened on that secret melody contest? Oh, no, no, Andrew. I ain't got no more time to monkey with that contest. I don't give that thing up. I've been now collecting campaign funds for the presidential candidates, and I got your name on my list here. Yeah, I got you down for $100, yeah. Oh, is you gone crazy? What was, well, why must I give that much money to any campaign fund? Well, patriotism, Andrew. Yeah, but $100. Oh, well, certainly you was that patriotic. Benedict Arnold's grandson just sent in 200. <laughs> well, listen, uh, which one of the candidates is you collecting for anyway? Well, all of them, Andy. You see, they all spent so much money on the presidential campaign that they're all flat busted. You mean to tell me that Dewey and Truman and all the rest of them is broke? And look here, Mr. Truman's campaign fund is so loaded for the past two weeks, he ain't been able to afford no Secret Service men to guard him. Holy. <laughs> no fooling, ain't he getting no protection? Well, lucky that our fund was able to help out a little. We sent him six bucks, and he bought Margaret a pair of brass knuckles. <laughs> the candidates don't clear out of money, huh? Oh, yeah, you take Governor Dewey. Now, the other night, he wanted Madison Square Garden to make a speech in. He could only raise half the rent for the place. Hey, he didn't let him have it, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dewey got in there all right, but he had to speak in the uh, between the rounds of a boxing match. Oh, yeah. He was talking from the ring, huh? Yeah. But well, did he make a good speech? Uh, hard to tell. He got knocked out in the eighth round. Huh? <laughs> I guess with iron halls and all that stuff, them candidates just got a lot of expenses, all right. Oh, yeah, well, getting it to made an egg stands off the clothes and owner going to run a made $900, you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They've really been throwing a lot of vegetables this year, ain't they? Well, of course, with the candidates running short of money the way it is, why, they don't mind getting that free food pitched at them so much. Uh, matter of fact, one candidate made his last three speeches with a deep freeze unit right on the platform with him, you see. <laughs> hey, he was packing the stuff in there fast as he was through it. That's <laughs> Well, tell me this, Kingfish. If I helps out by donating to these candidates, uh, do I get anything out of it? Well, natural, and uh, the winning candidate will remember you after election. Yeah. For $100, I think I might be able to arrange for you to get a job as director of the Mint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say, a job like that must pay pretty good, huh? Well, actually, you, 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 they don't pay no regular salary. But uh, I think you make out all right, Andy. You see, the official mint director's uniform got 26 pockets in it, and your take-home pay is terrific. I... Yeah, boy, that sounds like a job for me. Well, I ain't got the cash with me, Kingfish, so I'll tell you what. I'll write you a check here now for 100 bucks. Andy, you'll never regret it. Now, you'll be a national hero. Might even end up being buried in Grant's tomb. Yeah. Boy, that's great. I'd like to do that right now, you know. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, here's a pen with some ink in it, Andy. Sit down there. That's it. Yeah. Now, write up the check. Now, as soon as you write it, I'll go down to the bank and deposit it in the campaign fund. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, hello, Emma. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, hi, Emma. Hi. Uh, don't pay no attention to him, Andy. Keep writing there. Yeah. Uh, what is you writing there? Oh, a check, uh... Uh, who is you writing that, Andrew? Well, I... Uh, by the way, Amos, how's all your children? Oh, they're fine, Kingfish. Fine, thank you. Uh, uh, say, Andy, who are you writing the check to? Amos, I'm doing this for my country. I'm going to be buried in Grant's tomb with Benedict Arnold. <laughs> now, look.
Okay, Andy, uh, now, now you got it all written there. Just sign your name on the check and we're all set. Okay. Uh, well, Andy, I see you're writing a check there for $100. That's a lot of money. Yeah, we've got a lot of candidates. Uh, where's the check going? Well, I'm going uh, don't to... Don't tell him, Andy. He must ain't on my list. Uh, what kind of list? Uh, all signed to Andy yeah. Good. Now, I'll take the check down now and right to the bank. Well, wait a minute, Kingfish. The egg on it ain't dry. Yeah, well, I'm going to run to the bank. The breeze will dry it off. <laughs> You see, Amos, the Kingfish is collecting for all the candidates' campaign fund, and I get a political job no matter who gets hit with a tomato. But, Andy, you is crazy. That Kingfish ain't got nothing to do with no campaign fund. He just gypped you out of $100. If I was you, Andy, I'd stop payment on that check. Yeah, he done gypped me. Let me get on that telephone here and call the bank. That Kingfish. Tell me I'm going to work in the mint and take my salary home in a deep freeze. <laughs> Leroy, how is my dear brother-in-law? Fine, Kingfish. Sapphire ain't home yet. Uh, say, Leroy, dear, uh, about that $100 that I was going to raise uh, by the name of that secret melody from you, I almost had it, but they stopped the payment on the check on me just a second ahead of time. If I'd have had on sneakers, I'd have made it. <laughs> well, you can forget it, Kingfish. Don't worry about the money. Yeah, uh, what you mean, Leroy? Well, I got tired of waiting for you, so I sold the name of the secret melody to a fellow by the name of Andrew Brown. Well, now, wait a minute. You can't do that, though. I... You know, we have a playroom in our cellar where I have my workshop and the kids keep their toys. But once a week, it's reserved strictly for Mrs. Lake. On wash day, if it rains, or if it even looks like rain... That's where she hangs the wash. That's where it dries with that beautiful new Rinso brilliance. Yes, even if they're dried indoors, Rinso washed white clothes turn out whiter than new, and gay washable colors even brighter than brand new. Now it's because new Rinso contains solium, the amazing scientific sunlight ingredient. Rain or shine, Rinso gives you a wash not just whiter, but whiter than new. And not just brighter, but brighter than brand new. Even yellowed and grayed clothes come whiter than brand new. Now, you better try Rinso yourself. I'm sure you're going to say new Rinso with Solium gives all your wash a brilliance and beauty you've never seen before. New Rinso is safe for clothes, so kind of hands. Ask the man at your store for new Rinso with Solium. presidential election. Now, I ain't interested in politics this time. Mm-hmm. See, but four years ago, I, election time, I really got out and fought. You know, I was right in the middle of the political campaign myself. Well, I can't picture you in politics. Oh, I made a smart move, too. Went all over the neighborhood here, kissing babies and kissing young girls and kissing mothers. Now, went all through my district, kissing and kissing. Yeah, tell me this, sir. What was you running for, Stonewall? I wasn't running for nothing. I just out for the smooching. Oh. <laughs> well, now, look, Stonewall, uh, Andy uh, done got the answer to that big secret melody radio contest, and I want it for myself. Now, look like Andy going to win this thing and get himself $2,000. I can't let that slip through my fingers. What can I do, Stonewall? 
Well, Kingfish, if Andy wins $2,000, he won't get to keep all of it. The government will grab a big percentage for taxes. Mm, taxes, uh, taxes. Hey, wait a minute, Stonewall. I think you don't give me an angle there. I'll go over and tell Andy that the government will take a big percentage for taxes, and he might get undisregarded, and I might be able to get the name of the secret melody out of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're all set. You know, speaking of these giveaway programs, they're beginning to cut into my law practice. Uh, what do you mean, Stonewall? Well, three of my most dependable clients have gone out of business. They say if you can get the stuff from nothing on the radio, why bother to steal it? Oh, I... <laughs> Hello there, Kingfish. What is you doing sitting here in the lodge with that big smile on your face? Well, and I just sitting here thinking how lucky me and you is that uh, we ain't got no chance of winning that secret melody contest. Uh... Kingfish, excuse me for protruding. Uh, I don't want to be ignorant about this thing, but just why is we lucky? Why is we lucky? Yeah. Well, ain't you heard about the new tax the government has on all the prizes that's won in these contests? They got a tax on that now? How much is the tax, Kingfish? Well, the tax now is 100%, maybe more. <laughs> and all the, all the cash money that is won in these contests goes straight down to Washington. Down to Washington? Well, what do they want with all the money down there? They revised it up under the, what is known as the Federal Split the Loot the Plan. <laughs> well, what do they need more money for? Don't the government have enough taxes already? Well, and it takes a lot of money to run a big country like this. For instance, down in Washington, they spend at least $2 million a week printing all them pamphlets. What kind of pamphlets? Uh, pamphlets explaining why it costs so much to print the pamphlets. That's <laughs> They really gives us service, all right, don't they? Oh, sure, and the government needs money for Social Security. That runs them way up in the big figure. Hey, tell me something, Kingfish. Just what is that Social Security stuff? Oh, that's a big help, too, Andy. Uh, when you were 65 and can't work no more, they've got it fixed so that you get just enough money to starve to death the rest of your life. <laughs> And the, and the government needs money for the unemployment insurance. Yes, huh? Oh, if it wasn't for that, half the people in this country would be forced to go to work. Oh, I tell you. You know, Kingfish, it's things like this that makes me proud to be an American. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, can't you see that by winning the contest, you would end up worse off than you is now? Oh, yeah, this is a mess, all right. I'm sorry I paid Leroy $100 for the answer to that thing, you know what? You, you bought the answer from Leroy Ander? No. Well, this is a surprise for me. So you're going to win the country. Well, my deepest sympathy, Andy. Yeah, you know, from all you have told me, Kingfish, I was really sorry that I know that that secret melody is the Egyptian love song. Egyptian love song. Yeah. Well, i got to be running along. See you later, Andy. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come here, Kingfish. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. What's the matter? Well, you know, on second thought, I think I'll check into this tax business a little further and see if there's any loopholes in the thing. Well, now, wait a minute, Andy. Wait a minute. Don't go look here. Seeing that you have done got you. Out of a hundred bucks by a blood relative of mine who was also in the family, I was going to refund you the money so as not to be smudged the proud name of Stephen. Yeah. Now, I tell you what, I'll borrow some money on my furniture and give you the hundred dollars right away. Good. Kingfish, you as a pal. That's right. Say, Kingfish, what you doing here at the lodge hall this late today? Uh, well, I tell you, Henry, uh, I done invigled the secret melody out of Andy, and I sent it into the radio station two, three days ago, 
And the contest ended today, and I ought to hear almost any time now. Well, that's wonderful. It looks like you're going to be a rich man, Kendrick. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, I, I sure like to see Andy's face when he hears I won the $2,000. Uh, come in. I'm looking for George Stevens. Yes, sir. That's me. That's me. Oh, well, I'm from the Secret Melody radio program. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. I'm happy to inform you, Mr. Stevens, that you've correctly guessed our Secret Melody. Oh, sure enough, yes. Yes, I have the check for you right here. Yeah, sir. Well, it was sheer brain work, Mr. Sheer brain work. And that $2,000 check you got there going to come in mighty handy, yes, sir. Well, uh, Mr. Stevens, the prize is $2,000, but... It seems that a former janitor of ours, Leroy Smith, sold the answer to 225 other people. And your share is $8.79. Oh, no! Maybe you've noticed when our announcer, John Lake, talks about Rinso, he don't talk big about it. He just tells you the facts about how good it is. Yeah, well, that's all he got to do. Just get people to use that new Rinso with Solium just once. And I guess they stick to Rinso. Well, I'm sure they do. Because Rinso with Solium gets white clothes not just whiter, but whiter than new. And washable colors not just brighter, but brighter than brand new. Rain or shine, indoors or out. New Rinso with Solium puts sunshine in your wash. Use Rinso next wash day. Tuesday, you have the great American privilege of voting. No one will know who you voted for. That is your secret and sacred privilege. So exercise it. Vote Tuesday. Good night, folks. See you next Sunday. This is Religious Book Week. Your booksellers have religious books of all faiths, Protestant, Catholic, and Jewish. Religious books should be part of your home and your children's education. Be sure to be with us next Sunday at the same time when Lever Brothers Company, the makers of New Rinso with Solium, will again present the Amos and Andy Show. Until then, good night to all of you from all of us. Amazing? Yes, but doctors have proved it. Life Boy Health Soap in your daily bath gets skin cleaner, stops B.O. as no other leading soap can. Get Life Boy right away. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That music say? Yes, sir, Amos. That music say, Good health to all from Rexall. The Amos and Andy Show transcribed, written by Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier. Featuring Ernestine Wade, Johnny Lee, Amanda Randolph, Corny Anderson, Jeff Alexander's music, yours truly, Harlow Wilcox. And starring radio's all-time favorites, Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell, Amos and Andy. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? I am Freeman Gosden.
You know, Charles Carell and I have been partners for a long time. There are some things we agree on and some we don't. But we always talk it out. Maybe that's why we're such good friends. But there is one matter on which we definitely agree, and that is that for real economy, we can always rely on our Rexall druggist. We're always sure that our money buys more in a Rexall store. And we know you will agree with us if you start trading at your Rexall family druggist. Well, the kingfisher's wife, Sapphire, and her mother went to the bank this morning and have just returned to the apartment with a stack of papers and legal-looking documents. Sapphire, why is you and your mama bringing all that stuff home from our safety deposit box? Because you didn't pay the rent on it. Yeah, we was evicted from that too, you bum. <laughs> you mean that uh, we going to have to keep all these valuables around the house here? What you talking about valuables? The only thing valuable in here is Mama's $2,500 engagement ring, and Mama can keep that in her dresser drawer. That ring is the only thing of value. What you mean? Now, look right here. There's $400 worth of war bonds. Yes, but they're war bonds from the Spanish-American War. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, there's dated Barcelona. You thought Spain was going to win. <laughs> told me that Admiral's Dewey's first name was Jose. <laughs> anyway, there's other valuables there. What is this thing right here? What does it say here? Property deed. <laughs> That's that crazy lot with that shack on it you bought up in Connecticut ten years ago. Yeah, well, I almost made my fortune on that. The people wanted to buy it to put up that big uh, Monmouth Hotel. Yeah, but just like all your deals, you held out for too big a price. Yeah. And the hotel wound up by building that place a mile away on the other side of the highway. You big, fat-headed boob. Thank you, Mama. Thank you for them sweet thoughts. <laughs> Think how I felt. It was a bad break for me. That cabin of mine must be in pretty bad shape by now, though. I ain't done a thing to the place in five years. You know if I fix it up at... It might not make a bad summer cottage for somebody. Well, if you can sell that overgrown lot and broke down cabin to anybody, you is a genius. Well, now, wait a minute, Chaz. You ever heard of the Louisiana Purchase? You mean when Napoleon sold the United States Louisiana for $15 million? Yeah, you've been down there, see all them swamps and bayous and the flooded land, ain't you? Yeah, I've seen them. Well, listen, if the boy that lost the Battle of Waterloo could swing a deal like that, think what a future there is for me in the real estate business. <laughs> I guess Sapphire was right. I've had that ad in the paper for two days now. I guess nobody wants to buy that cabin up in Connecticut. I ain't had one nibble. If I could get a fish to bite, one little nibble, one fish. Oh, uh, hi, Kingfish. Hi. Well, Andy Brown, welcome to the aquarium. <laughs> What's up, Kingfish? Well, I was just thinking about you, boy. Uh, you know, Andy, uh... This is the time of year when the robin redbreast wings its way north, when the swallows return to their homes in the trees, the pigeons to their roost, and the doves to their nest. Kingfish, what are you getting at? You trying to sell me a box of them stale bird eggs again? 
was thinking with summer coming on, it's time that you made your vacation plan. Oh, well, I done made my vacation plans already. Oh, you is, huh? Yeah, me and a couple of the other brothers is going to take a trip and go camping in the North Woods. The North Woods? Yeah. Going to cost us three or four hundred dollars, but it'll be worth it. So you're going to the North Woods. You're going behind nature's iron curtain. The tree-studded Devil's Island. Is you inferring here that the woods is dangerous? Well, then, they're camping in the woods is all right for the experienced hunter and trapper, but it's sure death for the tenderfeets who don't know nothing about it, a neophyte like you. You're going to camp out, huh? Yeah, we're taking all the equipment, sleeping bags and everything. Sleeping bags, huh? Mm-hmm. You mean one of them bags you crawls into at night and then close the whole thing up with a zipper? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very dangerous, then. Dangerous? After I zip the thing up, I am safe inside the bag from the rain and the wild elements and everything. All I got to do is unzip myself when I want to get up in the morning. That's it. And you know how them zippers is. <laughs> you mean they get stuck sometimes? Stuck. And why the North Woods is full of sleeping bags that's been kicking around and screaming since last summer. <laughs> Must be five or six hundred sleeping bags there hopping around like Mexican jumping beans. Oh. Well, I ain't gonna take no chances then. I'll just sleep out in the open. Out in the open, huh? With all them ferocious bears around? What do you mean? A fellow was explaining to me how all them bears is tame. They even walks right up and eats out the car. Yeah, but what he didn't explain to you is that what they eat out of the cars is the drivers, doesn't it? <laughs> mess with the bears, then. I'll just go fishing. Fishing? The summer is the worst time of the year to go fishing up there. I was afraid of that. Yeah, that's when the deadly rattlesnakes come down to the water's edge to shed their rattles. Holy mackerel. If the rattlesnakes loses their rattles, uh, how they notify you when they're about to strike? Well, they don't send John L. Lewis around with no note, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, you know something, Kingfish? I think I'm going to call off the camping trip. I'll have to think of some other place to go on my vacation. Now, you say you got $400 to spend, huh? That's right, $400. Sit down, brother, and uh, let me tell you about a cozy cottage in Carefree, Connecticut. Sit down here with me. Uh, what is this, Andy? Uh, you was called off your camping trip to the woods? Yeah, Emma's my feature's too tender. Me being a neon light and everything, the bears have eaten me right out of my sleeping bag. Now, Andy, uh, what is you talking about, the bears eating you? What is that? Oh, it's real dangerous. They comes down to the river every night to shed their zippers. <laughs> zippers? Yeah, they do that because they got permission from John L. Lewis. <laughs> What you're talking about, sir, you was all hot on this camping trip, Andy. Uh, what made you change your mind? Well, Amos, I done bought a cozy cottage in Connecticut from the Kingfish for $400. Oh, the Kingfish. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know about this, Andy. But I tell you one thing, you was crazy to put up your money before you see the thing. Uh, uh, make sure he show you the place. Yeah, that's right. You was right. I'm going to call him right away. Oh, sure, Andy. Don't let him sell you no pig in the poke. Yeah, Amos, and I'll tell you one thing. This time, if he's trying to sell me a pig in the poke, I'm going to give him a poke in the puss. I tell you. 
Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names. We've done that because we recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Rexall MI-31 is a good example. This tangy amber color antiseptic kills contacted germs in seconds when used full strength, yet will not harm the most delicate membranes of the mouth and throat. That's why MI-31 serves with equal effectiveness as a cleansing mouthwash, soothing gargle, or refreshing breath deodorant. Ask for MI-31, America's mini-purpose antiseptic, at Rexall Drug Stores everywhere. Now, listen, Andy. Uh, hello. Uh, hello. Look here. Ain't no sense of shouting at me on the telephone. If you want to see the players, why, I'll let you see it. All right, Andy. All right. All right. We'll drive up there tomorrow. Okay. Goodbye. Hmm. You want to see the players? What a dirty trick to play on me. <laughs> I'll never be able to camouflage that dump, so we'll fall for it. Oh, me. I can't give him his money back, though, because if he, uh... uh, uh... I ain't kidding, Frank. Well, Algonquin Jack Calhoun, how are you? Where you been, boy? Oh, I've been over in the park, Kingfish. There's a lot of excitement over there. They arrested some fella for feeding the ducks and done throwed him in jail. Throwed him in jail for feeding the ducks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pulling them out of the water and feeding them to his air, Dale. Oh, <laughs> No trouble myself, Calhoun. I had a broken down cabin up in Connecticut, yeah. and I sold it to Andy for four hundred dollars. Now he want to see the place before we consummate a deal. You know what I mean? Now that's a sneaky thing for Andy to do. <laughs> Ain't that the place you thought the people was gonna buy and put the hotel on? Yeah, that's right. But the double cross men, they built the Monmouth Hotel about a mile on the other side of that four lane highway. Yeah, wait a minute. I think I done got an idea here. Yeah, what? Now is look it? at here. No. Just suppose Andy was to think that the cabin was part of the hotel property and he was entitled to all the hotel facilities. Yeah, that's a great idea, boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big hotel with a swimming pool, tennis court, golf course, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that'll sell him on the place. And then by summertime, I. I'll think of something else to start him off. Yeah, yeah. How you like that, Andy? Getting smart on me. The unexpected is always happening, ain't it, boy? Yeah, I'll say it is. Why, just today I got a card from my cousin, Murgatroyd. Oh, yeah, your cousin Murgatroyd, the bobster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where is he now? Well, Murgatroyd is over in Paris. Uh -huh. It seemed that he and another hipster, a friend of his, was sitting having cocktails in one of them sidewalk cafes in Paris. Yeah. All of a sudden, there was a big explosion under the street. And right before their eyes, two French workmen come flying out of an open manhole and went 90 feet in the air. 90 feet in the air? Yeah. His friend turned to Murgatroyd and said, dig them two boys flying through the air. And Murgatroyd said, yeah, man, I wonder what they're serving down there. <laughs> Well, Kingfish, I must say that this is a wonderful hotel up here. Hotel Monmouth, huh? 
Yeah, of course, it uh, ain't open yet for the summer, Andy, but you can see it's a great place. Oh, yeah, the nice hotel. Oh, yeah, Andy, and if you meet a gal when it comes to recreation, why, you can tennis court it, or you can bridle pass it, or shuffleboard it. <laughs> well, when it comes to smooching, Kingfish, I'd rather back porch it, or canoe it, or down by the summer house it. <laughs> Well, listen, you say the cabin I done bought is on the grounds of the hotel, huh? Oh, yes, Andy. Of course, uh, your cabin is a little more private than these right here around the hotel, right in the, what we call the vicinity. Oh, yeah. There is, huh? Mm, yeah, I know that uh, you is the type of fella that enjoys your privacy. Yeah, but I have found that I get more of a kick out of my privacy if there's people around. <laughs> uh, show me where the cabin is. All right, Andy. Uh, roll up your pants leg and follow me. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump from here. Just a hop, skip, and a jump. Well, Andy, here we are. Yeah, here's your lovely cabin. Holy mackerel, what a trip. You say it was a hop, skip, and a jump. We hopped over three barbed wire fences, skipped across a four-lane highway just ahead of a Mack truck, and jumped over that drainage ditch to get you. Yeah, well, it was worth the trip. And there you is. There is your delightful rustic cabin. That thing there, with the holes in the walls and the roof half gone? Well, it's designed that way, and they're what they call Swiss cheese modern. <laughs> Like that, you can commune with nature. Commune with nature? Mm-hmm. The way that's falling apart, I'm going to be able to commune with the rain, the wind, the flies, and the mosquitoes without ever leaving the house. Yeah, well, come on, Andy. Let's go in and look at the place. Come on, look at over. Oh, okay. Come on, up on the porch, sir. Holy mackerel, Kingfish. The boards and them steps is all loose. Yeah, well, that's natural after the winter. Them steps just need a little tightening up. Open the door, Andy. Yeah. That door need a little tightening up, too. <laughs> Fell right off. Uh, well, it's made that way, Andy. It uh, not only keeps the wind out, but it doubles as a surfboard in case you want an aquaplane on it in the lake. You see what I mean? Yeah, I now, step inside, Andy. Uh, get a load of this rustic splendor we got you. Uh, say, wait a minute, Kingfish. This place is a mile from the hotel. How's I going to get any service over here? Well, Andy, the hotel sends a chambermaid over every morning to dust up the place. You mean she's got to jump that barbed wire and cross that highway to get you? Yeah, and of course, with the traffic lights and all the trucks whizzing by, you may miss a couple of changes of sheets during the summer. <laughs> uh, that's one of the joys of rustic living. <laughs> yeah, but look here. This is just one room with a stove. Don't the joys of rustic living include no bathroom? Well, Andy, like I say, uh, you use the facilities of the hotel. You mean if I want to take a bath, I got a steeplechase across that highway in my bathrobe and slippers? Yes, Andy. Uh, you can use any bathroom that's available. There's just one caution, though. If you walks in while another fellow's taking a bath, it's against the rules of the hotel for you to climb in with him. You see what I mean? Listen, Kingfish, I ain't going to take the place. Now, wait a minute, Andy. You done paid me the money. You done made a deal. Oh, this deal is closed. You can't get out of here. Yeah, but wait a minute. When I made it, I didn't know this place was such a broke-down dump. Oh, didn't know it. Well, there you are. You're stuck right there. Don't forget it. Ignorance is nine points of the law. Oh, I got you, boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess if that's the law, there ain't nothing I can do about it. Oh, you will love it up here, though, Andy. Yeah, but I tell you, with that chambermaid getting held up in traffic with my sheets and 
me having to wait for the light to change to take a bath. Looks like I'm going to spend a pretty dirty summer. Get on in my apartment here. I sure pull a fast one on that end there. Hmm, well, see the mail is here. Just one letter. Let me see here. Mr. George Stevens, dear sir, this is to inform you that we are expanding our present nine-hole golf course and are interested in your property across the highway. We are prepared to pay you the sum of $3,000 for seeing Finally, let us know at once if these terms meet with your approval. Signed to Monmouth Hotel Corporation. Holy mackerel, $3,000. And I done sold it to Andy for 400 Let me get that boy on the phone and tell him that deal is off. Oh, oh me. As the Australians say when the boomerang hit him in the back of the head, this thing has done took a turn for the worse. <laughs> I just hope that... Uh, uh, hello? Uh, Andy... Uh, the Kingfish, uh, about the cottage, uh, the deal is off. Uh, I gotta have it back. Well, I'd be glad to let you have it back, Kingfish, except for one little thing. Uh, one little thing? Uh, what's that, Ender? I don't change my mind about living up there and sold the place to a Mr. Theodore Nelson for $700. Oh, now, wait a minute. Now, here is your Rexall family druggist. I hope every overweight person listening will hear this statement. You can lose up to five pounds a week with Ann Delafield's new reducing plan. What's more, you can lose where it shows. Sounds wonderful, but it sounds tough, too. But you're wrong. Ann Delafield's reducing plan is easy. It's fun. You don't starve. You don't count calories. There are no drugs, no unbalanced dieting. Yet the pounds slip away as many as three to five a week. What all does the plan include? Well, you get vitamins to keep your diet vitamins safe and delicious appetite-reducing wafers for between-meal hunger, plus a complete beauty book with many valuable tips on menus, health, and beauty. All this must be pretty expensive. Again, you're wrong. And Delafield's plan costs less by the day, works faster by the minute. It's the easiest, soundest, safest way you've ever found to lose weight. If your extra pounds are not due to an organic cause, ask about the Andelafield reducing plan. It's available only at Rexall drugstores. Well, Andy... Here's the cottage, uh, Mr. Nelson, uh, that you done sold it to, must be up here now. Yeah, that's right. That must be his car. He told the real estate people he's going to be working on the place all month, getting it in shape. Listen, you think this idea is going to work and we'll get him out of here? Well, it, it's got to work, Andy. I can't lose that $3,000 that the hotel offered me. Yeah, but trying to scare him out by telling him there's building an airport for jet planes on these fields around here. I don't know if that's going to work or not. Well, now, listen, Andy, uh, uh, we've we got a break. You had a real estate company uh, sell the place to him, and he ain't never seen you. That's right. I go in first, like I said, and after I got him going, you bust in at the psychological moment. Yeah, yeah, all right, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll hide out here by the stoop. Come in. Hmm. Tightened up the door. Uh, yes, uh, what can I do for you? Uh, you must be Mr. Nelson. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. 
I as George Stevens, President General Manager of the Transcontinental, Trans European, Trans Ocean, and Transparent Airlines. Airlines? <laughs> well, uh, what has this got to do with me? Oh, nothing, nothing. I just wanted to get acquainted since uh, we're going to be neighbors. Neighbors? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we is building an airport in the cow pasture next to you here, so it's only natural with your place being at the end of our runway, why, we ought to get acquainted. <laughs> what is this? My house is at the end of your runway? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, with the small pasture we got there, we only going to be able to have a runway 80 feet long. And with us flying the new jet transports off there, why, we bound to run into each other sooner or later. <laughs> you mean to say that by my living here, my house is in danger from your airplanes? Well, I wouldn't say it was exactly dangerous, but if you were sleeping here some night and one of them super jet engines starts climbing in bed, would you? Don't stop and shake hands with it, that's all. <laughs> well... An airport way out here in the country, it just doesn't seem right to me. Oh, I realize, uh, Miss Nelson, it's a long way from the city, but that's the way they, we and the airlines do it. You see, we always put the airport way out in the country. That way, we have to haul the people out there in our buses. Actually, the secret of the airline is they make their money on the bus fare. The airplane's just a sideline. <laughs> I just can't believe you're putting an airport out here. Uh, I achieve fire. Well, well, well. Now, ain't this a coincidence? Now, just look who walked in here, my head pilot. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Nelson, uh, I'd like to have you meet the head pilot of our airline, Nearsighted Brown. <laughs> How do you do? Yeah, Wilco, Roger, contact, keep your flaps down and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, what is the trouble, Nearsighted? I... Notice that you're wearing a bandage on your head again. Oh, same old trouble. Coming into LaGuardia Field, I overshot that 17,000-foot runway again. <laughs> overshot it? Uh, hit anything this time, yes, I did? Yeah, I think so. But when I come back to the field, I noticed I had a three-foot control tower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I'm ever going to get the knack of landing them airplanes. Hey, just a minute here. You mean you're a licensed pilot and you overshot the field? Well, now, uh, Miss Nelson, I can explain this whole thing to you. You see, he do it all the time. Uh, last week on our western flight, he missed Los Angeles completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was lucky I had friends in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Neil Stannard, uh I think you better be running along. I'm afraid all this talk about overshooting the field with the jets and... Stuff might have scared our neighbor, Mr. Nelson, here. Yeah, well, so long, Mr. Nelson. I'll be seeing you, though. You will? Yeah. With your house so close to the runway, me and my co-pilot is bound to be dropping in on you one of these foggy nights. <laughs> oh, great pilot, Brown. Oh, yeah, considered one of the greatest pilots of all time. Once we get the right bifocals on him, he's going to be unbeatable, that's all. <laughs> I don't know what this is all about, but I'm not giving up this place. I paid $700 for it, and I'm not giving it up. Now, look here. It's, 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 it's really a matter of life and death. Uh, no, I plan on spending the summer up here. I'm going to put a lot of money in this place. Well, look here. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a deal that you can't turn down. Tell you what I'm going to do. I like you, Miss Nelson, and I'm going to give you your money back. No go. Well, now, listen. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll make you the highest price I can make you. And, and this is my last offer, but you got to take it. I'll give you $1,000 if you vacate it right away. $1,000? Yeah, sir. Well, let me see. Okay. 
But I want the cash by the first thing in the morning. No delay. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I- I'll raise the money some way, and I'll have it here the first thing in the morning. Yes, sir. How do we make out, Keepers? Not so good, Andy. I had to agree to pay him $1,000 by the first thing in the morning. Well, what's the difference? You're still going to be $2,000 ahead when we sell it to the hotel for the golf course. But listen, tell me this. Where are you going to get the money from? You was even spent the money that I paid you. Now, look here, Andy. I'm going to raise it some way. I just, but I, 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 I can't miss out on this $3,000 offer from the Monmouth Hotel. Yeah, but say, you know, there's just one thing that bothers me in this whole thing. Uh, what is that, Andy? Why would a hotel want to put a golf course so close to an airport? Oh, no. Well, come on in my apartment, Andy. I want to tell Sapphire and Mama about the big deal. Yeah. You say you done raised $1,000 and paid Mr. Nelson to move out of the cabin, huh? Well, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, give him the money this morning. Yeah. Now all I do is to get a hold of the man who written me the letter from the Monmouth Hotel... And I has got all of 2,000 bucks to the good. Is that you, George? Yes, that you, Scott Tom? Uh, uh, watch me rubbing this big deal into them two old goats. Oh, uh, yes, me, gal. Yeah. So you got bird brain with you. How you do, Miss Smith? Uh, well, I got some news for you two gals. I done made $2,000 profit on that old broken-down cabin. And all I had to do was to raise 1,000 bucks to get it. I was going in and called the man who ripped me the letter now. Hear that, Mama? Ain't that a howl? A howl? Yeah, you poor sap. I wanted to play a joke on you. I ripped you that letter, offering you the $3,000, and I signed it to Mama's Hotel. Uh, what? Ain't that a good way? <laughs> <laughs> Mama sure pulled a fast one on you, George. Come on, daughter. Let's start dinner. <laughs> uh, they show is laughing it up, ain't they, Kingfish? Well, I got an idea a lot of the humor's going to go out of the joke when they finds out the way I raised a thousand bucks. How'd you do it? I pawned Mama's $2,500 diamond ring. <laughs> Those are the episodes The Secret Melody and The Cabin in Connecticut from the Amos and Andy Show. I hope you enjoyed them. Give us a visit at anchor.fm slash oldradiocomedypodcast or just tap the link in the show description page to leave a message with a show that you'd like to suggest for a future episode. And follow us on Twitter at Old Radio Comedy. See you all on Friday for another episode of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. And remember, laughter really is the best medicine. And also pie. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.